0: This is episode number 124 of the Paleo Women Podcast. Welcome to the Paleo Women Podcast. I'm your co-host Noelle Tar, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer, and with me is my partner in crime Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book Sexy by Nature. This show is the place to be if you're a fan of moderately amusing banter and uninhibited real talk relating to health, nutrition, fitness, body image, and just about everything in between. While hanging out with us, please remember the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used in place of medical advice or treatment. Now, let's have some fun. Stephanie is back. (laughs) Ta-da! Everybody's like, ugh. (laughs) Dang it. No, I, I'm pretty sure everybody's happily really. Although Scott was great, um, Scott was amazing. It was a great, you know, stand-in for you. But um, we missed you, Steph. We
1: missed you. Yeah, just wasn't- to be clear, y'all, it wasn't like, oh, Noel, I can't talk to you this week. I don't want to. <laughs> Noel was like, I'm having a guest on at this time, and if you can't make it, bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: sort of how it went down. Uh, I had been trying to coordinate with Scott for a long time. So once we had this time and you're like, oh, by the way, I need to do a different time this week. I'm like, wait, no. (laughs) Um, And if all of you didn't know, we are trying to get in as many podcasts as possible. So um, before I go for leave, which will currently be right now as this podcast airs, I will be into dis- whatever, I'll be sleeping. Um, no, I will be no, no you won't. <laughs> Maybe at three o'clock on a Wednesday. Um, I will be, uh, I will be not podcasting. That's all I know. So, so yeah, so but Stephanie is also very important, and so it doesn't surprise me because you know, getting your doctorate is not a very small thing. So we let it slide. <laughs> this time.
1: Thank you. How was the I meeting? I your forgiveness. Um, it was really good. I'm going back for another meeting tomorrow. So yesterday I had dinner with my supervisor, Ooh. and yeah, and we ended up, um, I ended up finding out that he's actually leaving Oxford next year. He's relocating to the University of Pennsylvania, which is a great move for him. It's a tenure track position at an Ivy League school. Great move. Um, he is going to be able to continue to be my supervisor while I stay at Oxford. Oh wow! So yeah, big relief for me because uh, for a lot of reasons. One, he's just, he's fantastic. You know, typically when you're in a grad program, I know a lot of our audience is or has, uh, it's really hard. Like your supervisors are really busy. You know, it's really Mm -hmm. hard to get them to pay attention to you. You have to pester them a lot, write a lot of very like self-deprecating emails. Uh, but my supervisor is just, uh, empathetic and kind and also brilliant. Um, so, yeah, so we got that news, which was really great. Dinner with him was just fabulous. You know, it's it feels important to me to spend as much time with him as I can before he leaves. Um, so, yeah, that was in Oxford yesterday. I found out that Oxford is going to give me a small scholarship for next year, which is a nice gesture. It's definitely <laughs> not going to cover tuition. Um I don't know how much I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I came into a grant that was funded for two years, but not for three. And my program is three. And so I asked Oxford for more money. And they're like, well, you signed a waiver when you came in saying that you were fine with your current financial situation. I'm like, crap. You know, like, Mm. of course, you have to sign the paper if you're good, if they're going to let you go to Oxford. So, of course, I'm going to sign it. Like, I'm not signing this. Yeah. So they're going to give me a small amount of money, 10% of tuition. Um, and the rest, I guess, I will um, just use our presumed forthcoming fame to pay for. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, and I are doing a lot of
1: that, by the way. <laughs> yes. We'll pay for that when we're famous. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: we're still waiting. It'll it'll yeah. happen. I think, you know, next year's our year. We'll just keep saying that. Um,
1: yeah. I, I, last year was our year. OK. Or this year.
0: I, well, okay. <laughs> last is 2018. Next year has become this year and it still hasn't happened. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, 10 percent. Hey, that's great. But yeah, I, I feel you. It's hard. It's a little difficult. Are you going to have your are you still going to live in London then?
1: I am. If, you know, there was talk in the air about whether or not I would be able to step into my supervisor's shoes part time. Oh, right. If that happens and it seems unlikely, I think they're going to wait to seek a replacement for him for another year. But if Mm -hmm. they seek a replacement and I get a job in Oxford, I will maintain an apartment in both locations because uh, YOLO or, um, you know, you only live once. As I am now fond of saying, after having thought deeply about it, YOLOP, <laughs> you only live once probably, I would like to think that uh, that's more uh, accurate. I think probably. Some people say Yolam. you only live once maybe. I encourage you to start using this acronym.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'll, I'll write that one down. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, just go, just go. I'm bringing Scott back. Bye. Yeah.
0: Scott. Where are you? Um, <laughs> good. Well, good. Yeah, I, I would like you to live in London because I think you're a much happier person when you do.
1: I am. Yeah, that's important. I am.
0: That's important. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I, I'm, you know, preparing for birth. Super exciting. Had a breakdown earlier this week. And I think it's just because it's sort of overwhelming and I like to be prepared and pretty, I'm pretty, you know, uh, on top of things and, and like the details and like to be like, all my T's are crossed and I's are dotted. Uh, but there's a lot of things that haven't been. So, um, I, uh, <laughs> Which is wonderful, but I've had to go to these birthing classes, and I have, like, six or seven things to do, and they're all, like, two and a half hours each. And so it's just, like, kind of draining, and it sucks the life out of you. And I think the more you – and they show you all these videos, which is great, and it's cool and fine, but they're, like, from 1985. And <laughs> so they're just – it's not, like, you know, they're not using the, the, I guess, the most advanced resources. And sometimes when you see people in labor, you're, like uh, – it's, like, a pending, like – Okay, I have to go through this, you know, so, and, and it sort of messes with you. So sometimes I'm like, I don't really need to see these to be prepared. Like, I know what's going to happen. I've studied a lot. Um, I don't need to see how other people, like, you know, manage their pain because it's going to be different for me. Um, and I'm going to have a lot more, re- different, you know, different resources. But so it's been messing with me a little bit, but, um, I am, uh, <laughs> working a lot, um, as you know, with you, and just trying to make sure that I guess I'm prepared. (sighs) You can't really prepare. I've realized lately, too, that I'm pretty much, like, focused entirely on everything that's going to happen up until she gets here, but I really have no clue about what's going to happen afterwards, so I'm going to be like, "Um, is this how you (laughs) hold a baby Um, when they hand her to me, so (laughs) that'll be fun.
1: Um, yeah. Well, I, you're a reasonably adaptable human being. <laughs> I guess so. Reasonably intelligent, I think. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be okay. You got a pretty sweet we team, know. you know. I don't know all the dogs. I don't know how much oh, help God. they'll be, but
0: <laughs> that's a whole other story. Yeah. So it's all we're all going to be great. It's gonna we're going to figure it out. Um, so I'm excited. Other than that, I mean. Oh, I'm I, uh, I'm, I'm not really cooking anymore, which is good. All those are done. Um, so, good. Yeah.
1: Good. Yeah, my guilt know. is allayed. Yeah. Great. Right. <laughs> <Well>,
0: yeah. <laughs> and now uh, working on fitness things. So so that's been fun. I spent a lot of months working on fitness things for, with Strong From Home. So I feel like that's a little bit more in my wheelhouse. You know what just popped up on Facebook? And this is what I was thinking about when I wanted to tell you is – uh, in 2011, this will show people where I've come, how far I've come. In 2011, you know how Facebook does those, mem- those memory things? Yes. And they popped, one popped up and it said, I just, this is me posting, I just peeled a sweet potato and an apple for the very first time. I feel so domesticated. That is what <laughs> I had said. <laughs> and, and it made, I was like, what? Really? Like it, it was hard for me because I was already married at that point. But like I had really never peeled a sweet potato or an apple. Like I just it I I didn't grow up huh. cooking. I you know, I just didn't it wasn't my thing. And so it was very interesting for me to like post that. And then people were commenting. My mom's like, oh, I'm so proud of you or something, you know, because moms are great. And they're like, super encouraging. And and I said something, she said, did you do this with a knife? I know you hate knives, because, by the way, I had a phobia of knives growing up. And I said, uh, no, I actually bought a peeler. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I had just gotten a peeler. So, that's how far I've come. And, you know, the last, there's no, it's no secret now, but the last mm, four months have been, like, studying the art of, you know, cooking and, and culinary things. And so... Gosh, I can't tell you how many you know sweet potatoes I've peeled now, but um, I have such a better understanding. I think you know, especially when you grow up not eating meat and stuff like that, you just don't you don't engage with it a lot, and so you you it's hard. It's a challenge to be like you know, I know how to cook by feel, but how do I just describe this for others? And so I've done a lot of studying for in terms of like you know just how to even cook things properly, not overcook them. How to you know what terms to use and stuff like that, and so. You know, people look, at, I had this happen to me a lot, you know, especially I think with us being a little bit more in the public eye, so to speak, but a lot of people will say like, you know, they they think you, you were born this way, <laughs> you know, like you came out <laughs> of the womb cooking completely and having your your health issues figured out and all that stuff, but it it's really insightful to look back, you know, five, six years ago. I mean, I, I am the way I am and developed the tools and the skills and the knowledge that I have very incrementally and over Quite a long time time period. I mean, it's been years and years and years. So,
1: so we all have a starting yeah. point. I recently had a memory pop up. I rarely see them, but I had one come up, and um, I was thin as a rail. You know? Oh, oh! And today I saw something you and me at Effects two years ago. Yeah, I saw that.
0: Which, I was like, Aww. does that not feel like
1: forever ago? It does. I Just feel like years. we. We were like two
0: different people then. I th- that was not the first time we ever met, but it was really the first time that we hung out like pretty extensively. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Feels like forever ago. I can't wait to be at FX with you next year. <laughs> <laughs> you're coming. <laughs> <laughs> you can sleep okay. on my couch. Whatever, whatever hey, house Mom. we rent, you're gonna sleep on the couch. Um, okay. Yeah, you're coming. It's gonna be exciting. Okay. So. <laughs> And you get to hang out with Stella. I mean, hello.
1: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, so that popped up. So anyway, so you're saying there's something else that popped up?
1: Oh, yeah. I was just thin as a rail, you know, like back in my days. And I remember that day specifically going out to eat with a friend Mm. and being like, well, I guess I'll get seaweed, you know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And uh here I am sitting here. I for the last week, um, everybody knows I was uh, vacationing in France. I think. <laughs> and I had like two baguettes a day, two, <laughs> not one, two. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, "Woo, okay," you know. And it's just, it's really remarkable, and I'm, I'm very happy that mm-hmm. I have um, sort of gone back to um, eating and being a little bit squishy.
0: <laughs> squishy. Squishy. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's great. My husband said that he had emailed you and was like, Yeah, I've always wanted to go to France, but I can't remember what he said. He said something like, Oh, he said, What are you doing in France? and you said meeting boys and dancing or something and he's like, I've always wa- No, I think he he said that. He said, I've always wanted to go to France, but it's not it's not gonna be for meeting boys and dancing or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why you guys were emailing. He's like, I just said this to Stephanie. I was like, okay.
1: You're <laughs> why are you we for money? <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I'm like, why are you talking to Stephanie so regularly? Um because All the money. finances. Yeah, so <laughs> sounds like I'm sounds like we're doing some sketchy things. Uh no, I'm not we're not like paying Stephanie or she's not paying us to <laughs>
1: talk good about her that she, on the
0: podcast. <laughs> yeah that's what it sounds like so this week uh. we're gonna your, it's four hundred dollars for to make an appearance um oh. not so much so any other announcements because we have some fun questions i think you know we, we don't ever talk about carbs we should probably talk about carbs today and some other <laughs> <laughs> some other things so i don't know if you have any other
1: uppy dates <laughs> Updates for Coconuts and Kettlebells nuts. and Robbie Wolf. And Robbie okay, Wolf. Um, oh, no, folks. thank you. Can we questions, please? We, we can questions.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Sunbasket, one of the resources I've become dependent on as life has quickly become harder to manage and there never seems to be enough time in the day sunbasket makes it easy to cook delicious gluten-free or paleo meals in your own kitchen in just 30 minutes or less you'll get organic non-gmo ingredients sent directly to your door in a nice pretty little box and each meal comes with pre-measured fresh ingredients so there's no waste hassle or grocery shopping and now sunbasket offers gluten-free family meal options making it easy to customize to your needs as a special offer for our community, Sunbasket is offering three free meals with your first order. To get this special deal, go to sunbasket.com slash paleowomen or check the show notes to click directly on this link. Again, that's sunbasket.com slash paleowomen to get three totally free, easy to prepare meals with your first order. Question number one is from Elise. Hello, Stephanie and Noel. First of all, thanks for letting me hang out with you guys every week. I almost feel silly for saying this, but you both feel like friends. Your knowledge, good values, and general awesomeness has been a great addition to my life. My question to you is about how to approach it when you have fertility problems, but do not know why. I've been trying to get pregnant for nine months now without results. I know you have to try a year before you're considered having fertility problems, and I'm trying to think that this can resolve itself and enjoy all the sex. But since I am approaching the year mark, my doctor got me an appointment with a gynecologist in a few months' time. And if I have to use that appointment, I would like to come prepared. What should I ask them to test me for to get the best possible look into what's going on in my body? But about me, I have not been on hormonal contraceptives, except for two brief periods at 22 and 25. My periods used to be irregular, not super crazy, but for a few years, I could not tell if my cycles would be 23 or 38 days. The last two years since changing my diet... I have been pretty regular. I have always had horrible menstrual cramps. I used to take NSAIDs, which made it bearable, but do not take them now. At 14, I was diagnosed with psoriasis. It worsened in my late teens when I was depressed for one and a half years in this period i lost my appetite and 20 pounds although i've had better and worse periods i've got gradually worse it's gotten gradually worse in my 20s when i was a student and lived a typical student life with party and drinking i am now 32 a couple years ago i started to play around with diet to see if this could help my weight has always been normal i've cut out all white sugar processed foods and alcohol i've tried different types of diets all reducing dairy and gluten, but not cutting them out completely, and then this summer, when I spent lots of time outdoors, I cleared up completely, which has never happened before, but the patches returned gradually in the fall. I've now been following an autoimmune paleo protocol since February 1st. I can see some improvements in my skin, but I still feel like I have a long way ahead of me to heal completely, and some days my skin is worse for no apparent reason, I try to work on my gut with bone broth, gelatin, liver capsules, and fermented foods. I take oil and vitamin D. Don't feel deprived. Um, I think stress might be my problem, but have difficulty finding better ways to manage it. I have a very interesting but not too stressful job, but I do commute one hour each way. After work activities often feel like stress. I sing in a choir. I do yoga. These activities I enjoy, but I feel like I should be exercising more. It just stresses me out. I have a wonderful man who supports me in all my crazy health projects. I have read the autoimmune con- I have read that autoimmune conditions like psoriasis are often linked to hormonal imbalances. What do you guys think is going on and what can I do to support my body that I am not already doing? Thanks. Love you both.
1: Hi, Elise. I love you, too. (laughs) I would like to start with one observation, and I don't mean, (laughs) how often do we say this, Noelle? I don't mean to level this observation at you, Elise, um, but I think it's really important for all of us to just, like, put on the table for considering. Okay, so we're talking about trying to conceive, and you've been trying to for a year. And maybe your partner, husband, partner, husband, uh, has uh, been tested for his fertility already, but perhaps he has not. All right, it is super important to note that a significant percentage of the number of you know infertile cases that people deal with, that couples deal with. Are because the guys swimmers like have something, you know, there, there may be something going on uh, in the male body. And so it's crucially important for us not to feel the burden of infertility on ourselves so heavily, especially if we don't know for certain that it's our body that is the cause. So, um, A, please, uh, you know, chill a little bit. Uh, B, consider that route if you haven't already. Um, see, I'll talk a little bit about stuff for your body. There's a lot here. Um, I would say first and foremost, uh, start tracking your fertility if you're not already, you know, you seem to have a pretty good grasp on how long your menstrual cycles are. Um, I think it might be important for you, given that you're irregular, to sort of start paying close attention to when you're ovulating. You know, many women uh, menstruate, but their ovulations are, um, you know, not quite as robust as they could be, or they will happen at different times. You know, if, if you're irregular, that's almost necessarily the case. So. I would, you know, pay attention to uh, body temperature, cervical fluid, like all that sort of stuff. (laughs) There's a book. (laughs) There is a book. Called Taking Charge of Your Fertility that you can purchase on Amazon. There must be a Kindle version nowadays. Uh, And anyway, it can help you sort of, you know, understand that and then make sure that you're having sex intercourse in the appropriate window. And that way, we're pretty sure, like, you know, you're going to be accounting for a lot of variables there for yourself, right? The irregularity might not be such an issue. You may have an underlying physiological, you know, problem with uh, egg development and what have you. And that's something that your gynecologist can and will look for. Um, But I think the most important thing here is to make sure that you're actually having sex when you're fertile, A, after making sure that your uh, partner is also fertile, B. Um, as for the link between autoimmune diseases and hormone imbalance, yes. I mean, absolutely. I mean, when you have an underlying condition, an underlying autoimmune disease, that can absolutely set off a bunch of systems in your body, including your hormone balance, right? It can upregulate the amount of stress hormones in your body being stressed out. Like, absolutely, that will help. What? <laughs> um, and you can also you can also find that your testosterone and estrogen and progesterone levels can be impacted, given that you have experienced some problems with cramping and what appear to be, you know, PMSy type symptoms or what have you, then I would say like, yeah, you may have some underlying hormone imbalance issues, but that doesn't, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're infertile. Um, You may want to be tested for PCOS, which can come with autoimmune diseases, but um, I would get tested before, you know, panicking about it. Um, Stress, yes. It seems to me it's pretty common for women to have reasonably irregular menstrual cycles and have that be impacted mostly by stress. My cycles continue to be irregular. Uh, If I, if my life sort of chugs along at a normal pace and everything is just sort of hunky dory, uh, I will tend to ovulate or whatever menstruate every 28 days. Uh, But if I travel, if I change my sleeping schedule, if I come into a lot of work and I'm feeling a little bit stressed out, it invariably changes. just it just does it always has and it probably always will and that's just because my reproductive system is highly sensitive to the levels of cortisol in my body Um, and this isn't to say that I or you can't get pregnant it just is to say that like yeah it can be impactful Um, so I think probably the smart thing to do what i would do is is try to become a little bit better informed um you know certain autoimmune diseases can tag along with others it's possible you may have a thyroid issue you know i don't know a ton about other symptoms you, you might have um I think the gut healing you're doing is really great. I'm all on board with that. It may take some time, um, you know, making sure that you're autoimmune protocoling and the like. And also, of course, yeah, get some tests done. The more informed you are, the better off you'll be being able to tackle this. Um, And it doesn't seem too impossible to me that, You should be able to conceive once you uh, get some more data. But, again, I have no idea if there might be some other sort of underlying physiological thing that your gynecologist is going to have to find.
0: Good answers. Great. So I I will just maybe capitalize or, or kind of compound on that and say, is that a word? Compound? Um, yes. <laughs> great. I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and say that, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's interesting to me that you have the intuition, Elise, that your, uh, st- like stress may be a, a problematic thing here and that it may be part of the cause. And if you're kind of intuitively feeling that, then I do think that that is worth looking into and worth assessing better. Uh, we know that and you know psoriasis is an autoimmune disease and it absolutely can be impacting in some way, uh, the health of your body overall. And we know that stress is, is so profound and does impact the body and affects the body hormonally and can really, you know, lead to things like low progesterone and can really alter the function of the adrenals. And as a result, you know, impact the endocrine system. And so absolutely stress can be problematic and, and can be a cause. And so when we, so since we know that you do have psoriasis, And that could potentially be causing, it could be an unresolved stress on your body if you're not, you know, completely, if you don't have it completely resolved yet. Um, I think that that could potentially be a part of everything. You might have some inflammation that you're dealing with. And so, uh, and then also you mentioned that you did have depression for a little bit. And so mental and emotional health, it, it just is such a huge part of this piece as well. And it's stress. So if, if there's some things that you're kind of feeling like are out of balance, then I would absolutely consider bringing them back into balance. And I know that you've been doing AIP since February. And so you've likely only been doing that for the last, you know, two-ish to three-ish cycles. And that's really not enough time for things to resolve per se. And I do, you know, I'm glad that you're doing the AIP thing, but I do think it would be hugely helpful to have somebody on your team, at like a nutritional therapy practitioner that does have a pretty good idea and and thought process around fertility and how that all, you know, how to optimize fertility. I think that, you know, bringing somebody on as part of your team would be huge and awesome and wonderful, especially if they can, they can know, you know, they have some sort of knowledge of AIP and how to actually do that and what to look for and all that stuff, because it can get really complicated, especially when we're talking about what are the things to remove? How long should they stay removed? What are the symptoms that we're trying to resolve? And then when do we start reintroducing foods? And how can we really heal and and, and help the gut in the meantime? And I do know that psoriasis is pretty, uh, well linked to or uh, can can happen in concert with SIBO and we do know that it's linked to uh, leaky gut so we can kind of assume that that's all happening and so I if you if you want to kind of take some jump jump jumpstart some uh resolution in your life i would absolutely recommend teaming up with nutritional therapy practitioner of course i have my coconuts kettlebells coaching team i don't work with people anymore one-on-one neither does stephanie but um i put together a coaching team which i probably have like eight practitioners now and they all are um i pretty much they're way smarter than me so that's great but they um they specialize in autoimmune conditions fertility that sort of thing women's health so um, you can submit to work with the team and I'll link to that in show notes. Um, but I think that that would be hugely beneficial. I'm gonna link to, or I'm gonna put a, a post in the link too for the show notes of um, an article that the Paleo Mom wrote about modifying paleo to treat psoriasis. I think it's hugely insightful. You may have already read it. It might be why you are doing the AIP protocol now. But um she really does talk about how, you know, if you suffer from psoriasis, chances are that your gut, your immune system and your hormones are, um, you know, messed up and the vitamin d thing i think is really interesting the more time you spend outside the more your skin clears up we do know that vitamin d deficiency is highly correlated with autoimmune conditions in general and so one thing that i would recommend you get tested that might not be something that your doctor recommends is vitamin d getting that those levels tested and then potentially having you know a higher dose of vitamin d And start supplementing with that. Um, And my last aside here is that nine months may feel like a long time, but you're still not like you've kind of already taken on this aura of infertility. And even in the subject line, it was like (sighs) fertility problems. And I'm, you know, I've, I've been struggling with infertility. You're not infertile. Um, you, you're, you're not struggling with infertility just because you have been trying for nine months and it ha- nothing has happened. That does not mean that you are, are infertile. Um, and so I'd encourage you not to take that on and to still relax and enjoy it and have fun, which is a lot easier said than done. But um, as you're getting to know your body and bring it back into balance and you know, you're working on things, you're optimizing your health. I mean, I want your body to get pregnant at the right time when it's ready to. And if there's some inflammation and stuff like that going on still, and you're still kind of working on your psoriasis and, you know, working on reducing your stress, that's not the right time to get pregnant. So I would absolutely work on, you know, optimizing things right now, still enjoying the sex, you know, learning about your body and when you're ovulating, because um, that's hugely important. And, and, you know, taking this as a time to just kind of enjoy it and chill. Um, I'm kind of annoyed, to be honest, that your doctor already made an appointment with a gynecologist to talk about infertility when you've only been trying for nine months. I mean, it's just it just seems like a little bit. Um, I, I, I wish your doctor would have reassured you and said, you're, this is absolutely normal. You're absolutely fine. Relax into this. Do not let that motion, mental and emotional stress, you know, jump into your head and start screwing with you because that's what happens to a lot of women when they start to try. It's like if they don't get pregnant right away, all of a sudden things start to spin out of control mentally and emotionally. And I know that you don't want to hear this, but like many times when you stop trying, <laughs> when you stop really focusing on it and you stop trying to be so regimented um, is when you get pregnant, And so, uh, you know, personally for me, when I, I think I mentioned this two weeks ago, you know, my first pregnancy ended in a miscarriage. And, um, you know, that was a mental and emotional stress, but I kind of felt like I could bounce right back into it and I'll probably get pregnant right away. And that didn't happen. I mean, I went to, uh, I was visiting a midwife, which, you know, that's a great possibility. Maybe you should, you know, consider going to a a midwife uh, if you have that. I think she mentioned she was in Norway or um, overseas, but um, you know, going to a midwife. I had a very reassuring midwife, and I went to see her at like eight months and said, um, you know, what's going on? What things should I get tested? And she was like, nothing, chill. <laughs> and uh, it was probably the best you know meeting that I had. I had had one of the best appointments I ever had because they were ve- she was very reassuring and was like, yeah, no, you're fine. Um and and I, I wish that, you know, I'm hoping maybe we can be that voice for you too, but, um, the truth is you are. And, and sometimes it takes longer. And, and especially if you're dealing with some sort of mental and emotional anxiety. And I've had friends too that, you know, had miscarriages and then reached their, you know, their due date. Um, which, or or there should have been due date and they're still not pregnant yet. And they're like, what's going on? And it freaks them out. And sometimes it's like, you know, I haven't been drinking any wine. I haven't been, you know, drinking caffeine and I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And it's like, well, maybe you should, maybe you should just chill and work on the stress. Um, and so, you know, work on mentally and emotionally, just like kicking back and relaxing. And so that's what I would recommend for you. And, um, I mean, it's not to say that you can't do things that, you know, can absolutely optimize it, but I just feel like sometimes it's that, it's this, it's the things that we don't work on and we let kind of take over our minds that has the biggest impact. And so, and, you know, it, I don't care what you hear from anybody. Stress absolutely can impact everything and anything. So, um, consider also if you have the, this available to you, acupuncture. Um, There's a lot of research now that just shows how great acupuncture can be for the body and bringing the body back into balance. And I think that it's a great kind of uh, treatment that can, it's also, it's been shown to improve fertility, but it also is great for anxiety anxiety and mental and emotional health. So I would highly recommend that. Um, other than that, you don't need to worry about what things your doctor is going to test for. I think that they're just, you know, don't worry about that and ask your doctor. You know, find a doctor you feel comfortable with and say, what are the things that we need to test for? And they'll sh- they'll be able to help you. It's not going to be, you don't need to, you're not going to have to be the one taking charge of it and feeling like, I've got to get all these other things tested. Just start with the basics, um, you know, and- like your hormones, you know, that's a great place to start. Um, And if you have a good doctor, hopefully they'll test for MTHFR as well to see if you have any sort of mutations there. That's one thing that I did with some of my blood work just because I wanted to know that. I wanted to know if I needed to be supplementing with, you know, how much methylated folate did I really want to keep in my diet. And so that's something I had tested on my own, just regular blood work. Um, But your doctor will be able to help you with any other things that – you might want to be t- that should be tested, and I would also, if it gets to that point, also look and you know have your test your husband uh, tested as well, like Stephanie uh, said so wonderfully in the beginning. So that's all my stuff. Okay, okay. You're highlighting <laughs> the next question. Does that mean you want to move on to it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> It's like highlighted well. in pink. Okay, question number two is from Kim. <laughs> Hello, Noel and Stephanie, longtime listener, first time questioner. I think I am 33 years old, uh, with a history of bulimia, PCOS, anxiety, depression, and IBS. Obviously, I am super fun. I have used a paleoish template for a few years now, and have tried a higher fat, lower carb, and a higher carb, lower fat eating style in the past. I have found that a That a diet very high in fat and low in carbohydrates makes my brain incredibly happy. My anxiety and depression as well as my brain fog disappears, but my gut doesn't like all the fat. I was prescribed a supplement called beta-TCP to deal with that during a candida protocol, and it worked great, but my gut suffers when I remove it. When eating a higher-carbohydrate, lower-fat eating style... I am hungry all the time, I binge, I have little energy, and my mood suffers, but my IBS is better. I keep hearing all of the, in quotations, experts say our bodies need more of either carbohydrates or fat to properly fuel our lives. Is this true? Can we find some kind of happy medium? Yes, Kim. Um, I believe I have the insulin-resistant type of PCOS as I gain weight in my midsection, like my father, who has type 2 diabetes, and I often get sleepy after eating all the carbohydrates. I also don't want to be restrictive anymore, and that has caused some issues with my mindset. I am looking for some balance in my life and my diet. Any insight you could impart would be immensely appreciated. Thank you so much.
1: Kim. Yeah, Kim. I, uh... Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yes. If you want to eat something in the middle, I think that would be a really nice compromise. I think the beta TCP is probably a really good call for you. I think doing whatever you can to make fat work for your digestion is absolutely important. And I'll let Noel talk about that. Um, And I do believe that, you know, the PCOS, especially the type 1 PCOS, should be addressed, but you can address it with a moderate carb, moderate fat approach, right? You can address it with whatever amount of carbohydrates you have in your diet, because as I argue in my blog and in my program, uh, PCOS Unlocked, which it sounds like you may um, be using, it's, um, I don't believe that Carbohydrates are the answer to insulin resistance. You know, there's so much on the internet that says you have to eat low carb or else your insulin levels are going to run out of control, you know. Uh, But I think that this is actually more of a symptom of insulin resistance than a cause. And to truly address any sort of insulin problems, we want to look at reducing inflammation and healing the gut first and foremost and trying to make sure that there aren't any autoimmune diseases kicking around. Um, these things will heal the underlying problems that I believe lead to insulin resistance, such as uh, poor communication between the gut and the brain, uh, such as uh, gut dysbiosis—you know, a uh, poor gut flora balance—all this sort of stuff can lead to insulin resistance. So, I think f- focusing on you know, nourishing your gut with fermented foods and with uh, perhaps some bone broth or a collagen supplement if you like, uh, the beta-TCP, which seems to be working for you. I think that um, could be a, a productive way forward for you with your PCOS, with managing the insulin and while enabling you to eat whatever ratio of carbohydrates to fat feels good for you at the time. Because uh, I imagine, you know, sometimes you might really want one or the other. If you're feeling a little bit um, mentally uh, unsteady, you might, you know, want to move towards the higher fat approach. If you're deciding that, you know, um, your gut could really uh, use some alleviation on the fat front, then, you know, go more carb. And hopefully, uh, as you address, you know, gut healing as best you can moving forward, you will have a little bit more freedom and not uh, be tied to, you know, needing that based on what your body feels. But ultimately I think that it's possible to eat, you know, whatever macronutrient ratio, um, feels right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think there's definitely something known as, you know, eating in the middle. And I think. I'm feeling like because we have this history of the PCOS and the IBS, there's something a little bit deeper going on. And so the reason that you cannot tolerate maybe a higher fat diet or, a, you know, a diet that you feel like works best for you mentally and emotionally, maybe because of still some issues that are, uh, you know, still withstanding still in your gut or still kind of causing these issues. And so I, I'm kind of questioning, you know, higher fat, you seem to have a problem digesting fat. And so when your body doesn't properly digest fat, um, if your gallbladder doesn't produce enough bile for you to emulsify those fats, when they get in your small intestine, it's very similar to like, I mean, it is IBS. It's very similar to if you had an intolerance to short chain carbohydrates, which we talk about all the time here. Um it's going to feel really, you know, terrible. Um, cause you're going to have these large undigested fat molecules in your small intestine and it's just not fun. So I would, you know, so, so in other words, that beta TCP, it's, it's a supplement by biotics. It's basically just beet concentrate, which beets help to emulsify fats. And then there's enzymes in there and they're all enzymes that are normally produced by the pancreas. So. Honestly, I don't see a problem with you taking that long-term. I know you typically have to take like two to three with your meals, and so it, it does, you know, it's it adds up. Um, it's not that expensive, uh, but while you're trying to figure it out, I would absolutely recommend still taking it and working on seeing why it is your body is not digesting fats properly. Is it? Does it have something to do with stomach acid as well? Do we need to maybe support stomach acid in a specific way? Um and and kind of exploring that a little bit more. Because I think that something is going on, something's triggering the IBS, um, and there's a root cause there, and so hopefully we can figure that out. It does seem like you've done some candida stuff. But, yeah, absolutely. I I don't know why, um, and you, you put it in quotation so you know that, you know, there is no expert on you and what your body needs. You know, there's experts. Nutrition, I mean, gosh, nutrition science is just... So I mean, there's no such thing as one way, and and one one way of eating and one style of eating that works for everybody, and it's it's not even like it's you need to either do this or that, um, and so and. That's not going to always work forever. So if a high fat approach worked for you for a little bit, um, it's okay if that changes, right? And so it's, there's just, it's not an either or thing. There's never any sort of hard and fast rules of what works for you and your body. And so I think that if you need the (laughs) permission to, to figure out slowly and incrementally what works for you, then absolutely do that. Now, what I would do, since we know that you have, you do have a history, you know, you have type 2 diabetes in your, Um, you you know, your dad has it, you're so you're more genetically predisposed to that. It sounds like with all of your symptoms and everything you're mentioning, you're not like having a higher carbohydrate diet doesn't work well for you. Cool. So what I would do is start with some sort of higher fat, lower carb approach and then slowly shifting that macronutrient ratio. So maybe you just increase your carbohydrates a little bit and decrease your fats a little bit while at the same time, experimenting with what types of fats and what types of carbohydrates you shift in and out. So it might be that certain fats, so longer chain fats, fats that take a little bit longer and they're take, you know, they're more process intensive to digest, um, may not, may, maybe, you know, once you have just a, a threshold of that, that's what's causing you the issues. And so maybe you cook only with coconut oil, which has, which is a medium chain fatty acid, which is typically a little easier to digest. So maybe you switch to just cooking with coconut oil or maybe um, maybe coconut milk or coconut is, is actually, you know, causes you distress. And so which that can happen. So I would experiment with the types of fats and see if it's, you know, if there's something specific that is tied to your IBS symptoms, I will experiment with the types of carbohydrates that you're eating. And and if it's, you know, starchier carbohydrates that tend to make you more sleepy, w- you know, what about fruits? What about an a- an apple? What about, you know, berries, stuff like that? So that we can get that, shift that ratio, find your sweet spot, and include the carbohydrates and the fats that work best for your body. And so that's, you know, I kind of see it as a, almost as like a seesaw, you know? And so you have carbs on one side, fat on the other. And where can we find that perfect balance and what should be on each side of that seesaw? You know, we've got apples work great for you and berries work great for you, and uh, but watermelon doesn't, so it stays off the seesaw. And then on the other side, you know, you have all the types of fats that work for you. And so maybe it's avocado, and maybe you found that coconut milk causes you distress. You leave that off. Um, And so, you know, play with it. And of course, the mindset thing is huge. Um... I think that this has to be worked on separately because, you know, at the same time, of course, um, but but also separately because when you have, a, you know, a history of bulimia and 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 eating disorders and disordered eating tendencies and mindset issues, um, it's something you probably are going to have to be working on, especially if you feel it coming back, you know, for a, for a long period of time, especially as you're changing things with your diet. So we've got to get out of the mindset of you know, I, I'm doing this because I can't or, you know, I'm, I'm doing this because I can't eat this way. And instead say, I can eat anything I want anytime that I want. I'm doing this because I don't want to feel like crap. Right. And so um, and, and, and just that kind of mental shift and, and figuring out where you can have freedom to eat the things that you want to to kind of nourish your body and and eat emotionally and eat with, you know, so eat, you know, what can you bring and, and eat when you're celebratory and when you want, you know, to have a little bit of this and maybe that, you know, maybe something with coconut doesn't work for you. And so you just find a replacement and that you can still kind of have that um, that feeling of being not not restricted, um, but definitely recognizing that you can't, uh, you know, that there are things that don't make you feel well. And, you know, it's always a balance. It is always a balance. And yes, you can eat with emotion. Um, when you eat to cover up emotions is different from eating with emotion. We are emotional beings. And so it's asinine to think that we can't eat with emotion. Um, so, so those are two different things. So just wanted to clarify. I think, um, I think that that might be a good place to start. I also would say, I mean, it seems like you might have somebody that's working with you. Um, so, but I would say rec- I would recommend eating with somebody. Uh, eating, uh, you could eat with somebody, but I would also recommend working with somebody on the the mental and emotional side of things as well. Because there's a there's a couple things going on here. So you know we have the digestive issues and we have the mental and emotional issues. I'm telling you what, you can just kickstart your process so much faster if you can team up with somebody and get somebody on your team um, to work through that with you. So. We have a brand new offer from Paleo Valley to share with you that we are incredibly excited about. Paleo Valley not only offers grass-fed organ complex, a gently freeze-dried organ supplement in pill form that contains beef liver, heart, brain, and kidney, they also offer high-quality snacks and collagen supplements on their website. Now when you use the promotion code PaleoWomen at checkout, you'll get 30% off your entire order. You can try their grass-fed beef sticks, which are made from 100% grass-fed beef, preserved through a natural fermentation process that gives probiotics to the sticks, or their superfood bar, which is made with grass-fed collagen. To take advantage of this special deal, simply go to paleovalley.com and use the code PALEOWOMEN, all one word, no spaces, at checkout. Again, that's paleovalley.com. You can check the show notes for more information. So last question, question is from last question. is Question number three is from Kelly. Hi, ladies. I need to make changes in my life for my health and stumbled across your podcast. I've been listening and love it. My question is, where should I start? I'm exhausted all the time. I drink too much and kind of eat keto, but I cheat all the time. I had, have or
1: had, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> I, have,
0: I have or had PCOS, but since having two kids, my cycles are more regular, but still difficult. I get headaches often. I have had some bladder issues. I've been depressed since high school and have been on Zoloft for eight years. My fitness level is low, although I do do yoga for three to five times a week. I'm so low on energy, motivation, and focus and feel pretty disengaged from my life. Where do I start to overhaul my health? Help.
1: Yeah, that's, um, Kelly, that's a lot of stuff. I'm really glad you've written in. Um, I think you're right. That sort of starting at square one is the right thing to do. You know, um, you've had a variety of different things happen to you throughout your life. You have a variety of different things going on right now. Um, and so I would, yeah, I would go ahead and do kind of an overhaul and see what it can do. And then say after a month, reevaluate, say, okay, what symptoms do I still have? What's working for me? What isn't that sort of thing? And then you can, you know, maybe dial in a little bit more or, um, figure out if you want to do, uh, something different from there. Um, Uh, Having uh, been on antidepressants and the like, I think it's really good that you're treating yourself. I also think that they can come um, with certain symptoms. And so uh, you might want to try playing with your meds to see if that can help as well. Now, I would wait since you've been on Zoloft for eight years. I would wait would stay on it and I would try the dietary changes first and see if that helps. Um, but I just want to throw out there that down the line, you might want to try um, playing with that to see if that can do something for you. If, if the food doesn't, um, how does one start? Uh, well, it <laughs> where you, where you would like to, <laughs> um, you know, basically what Noel and I recommend is to eat a diet based on, like stuff that comes from the earth <laughs> so it's like plants and animals uh in as like natural form as as we can find and by that I don't mean you have to eat your eggs raw but I do mean uh that to get them from you know grass pasture raised animals is uh is pretty wise if you can afford to um and uh if you want to go ahead and like be kind of strict about it and just like go cold turkey and say, you know what, like I'm doing this hundred percent. Then yeah, cut out bread, cut out all grains, cut out dairy, uh, maybe legumes. Uh, if you are feeling really inspired, (laughs) uh, don't go out to eat at restaurants, eat any fried food, uh, keep sugar to a minimum and, uh, see what happens. You know, it, it could be really nice. Uh, I would also recommend perhaps taking a vitamin D supplement um, and I understand that your fitness is low for a lot of reasons and that's okay. You know, maybe someday um, soon you can amp up your fitness if your energy feels like it improves a bit. You know, I would start with the food uh, but research has shown pretty significantly that vitamin D and exercise both are really, uh, really helpful for depression and other, you know, sort of mental health issues. And so, it is enti- it is possible. I'm I'm not going to say that it's you know definitely probable, but it is possible that making some changes or you know at least being finding a way to get some vitamin D and some exercise into your life could reduce your dependency on, on meds, you know, for your mental health. Um, I know that it's all it's all very precarious, and I think more than anything, you should do things that take care of you mentally, you know. Um, being disengaged from life, struggling with motivation and focus, I think the very first thing to do is is to try and enhance those. Now, I do think that your diet can help with that. I do think eating well, I do think, again, getting some sun exposure can be really helpful in your energy, you know, trying to make sure you get high quality sleep, all that sort of stuff is really important. Um, But it may also be the case that you want to start from a psychological angle, you know, how do I find the motivation and the focus and the energy to do this? Um, And in that case, uh, you know, I know that you have been cognizant of this for some time. um, But maybe there's some more you know, specific issues to work through in terms of food or in terms of exercise that you could sit down and talk with somebody about, you know, a professional or not, you know, a friend or just a pen and a piece of paper could be really helpful. Um, I do think that exhaustion is primarily, you know, a physical problem. And so um, I think both of these angles are really important. I think the psychological and the physical are very important. If you want to just ease into it, I think that's perfectly cool too. You know, I talked about completely overhauling your life, but I also think if it works better for you to just sort of like say, okay, this week I'm giving up soda. If that's something that you do, you know, um, or this week I'm like, I'm not going to have cereal for breakfast, but I'm going to have eggs and vegetables, you know, try changing one meal at a time or try eliminating one snack or, um, Try just adding a vitamin D supplement, you know, um, try getting a little bit more walking into your life, you know, pick something, one thing to change that feels doable. And then the next week, pick another one to add on top of that. And the following week after that, and it may be the case that you start feeling better that you can accelerate, you know, and pick up pace and start moving into practices that make you feel more and more healthy. And maybe that's more psychologically doable for you. You could also take the approach of being like, all right, I'm just going to try my best and be flexible. (laughs) And maybe that, you know, works best for you. And after time, you can reevaluate. There's a lot of different ways to go about it. And I think it just sort of depends on, What you think would work for you best psychologically right now, you know, a complete overhaul or sort of dipping your toes in and walking slowly Uh, surrounding yourself with positive, supportive people, of course, is important. Getting rid of negative media, um, you know, stuff that makes you feel bad about yourself, Instagram accounts that make you hate your body, anything like that. Get rid of that crap. (laughs) Um, Do your best to stock your pantry, you know, well um, and make it as easy as possible for yourself to, you know, do what you gotta do. Yeah
0: so first things first go listen to all of the episodes i don't know if you know you said you just started (laughs) listening to the podcast uh first things first go listen to all of them and then save the ones that is like you know hits home with you and listen to them again because i think that a lot of information you can get a lot of information from you know all of the previous podcasts because i we can't obviously touch on everything but i think mindset is going to be huge here and so you know the number i always think you know when okay where do you start um it seems you know it, it feels like you're looking up at a mountain and you've got to climb this mountain and in reality all you need to do is take the first step all you need to do is just put your foot forward and that is how you start and that's it you don't have to all of a sudden jump and reach the top of the mountain and so i would love for you to just slowly and incrementally Listen to the podcast, start doing some of the things that we mentioned, especially in some of those body image mindset episodes where we tell you how to how to, you know, f- create a life that is not centered on any sort of shame or guilt making you feel bad, making you feel like you need to be somewhere, that you should be somewhere, um, that you should be eating a certain way, uh, especially if it's not working for you. And the reason that I say that is because you're still using the certain language like I cheat all the time. Um, if you cheat all the time, you have the basically what I'm getting is you have this perception that you're eating in a wrong way. You're, you're going against what you should be doing in quotations, and that is wrong. And so that's always going to be, you know, draining uh, mentally and emotionally. And so I don't know why you're eating keto. Um, you know, it's, it works great for some people. Some people feel great doing it. It doesn't sound like that's you. So why not just start with First, of course, changing your mindset, changing some of your language, understanding that you don't need to be doing anything that you don't, you know, there's nothing you should be doing. There is no way of eating that is, you know, absolute and the best and somehow superior to other ways of eating. So let's just focus on, you know, what are the foods that you can start eating that are going to make you feel really good and not make you feel restricted and, you know, incorporate, as Stephanie said, foods from the earth. But, you know, foods that are nutrient-dense and whole, and maybe you just start with breakfast. Maybe you just start eating, you know, eggs and some fruit and a sweet potato or smoothie, and you just start there. Like, it just, it doesn't have to be some big, because it seems like you're struggling with motivation and focus. So, like, just start with one thing, you know, and and take hold of that. Like Stephanie said, just stop drinking soda. Or say to, you know, this week I'm going to make my own lemon water or something like that, or homemade lemonade, and I'm just going to drink that with My meals instead of soda, you know, it's just these little tiny shifts can add up to be make such a huge impact. And so what we're trying to do is instead of saying, here you go, jump and you got to get on top of the mountain is like, what can the little thing that I can do that can make an impact on my body, help me feel a little better, help me feel a little bit more energized and a little bit more motivated so that I can take that next step. Uh, If you're a person who needs accountability, I would get somebody on your team. I think this is called Get Somebody on Your Team podcast today, but I would get somebody on your team, especially if um, that makes a difference for you, because that can do profound things. Again... I'll link to the coaching group in uh, my in the show notes. But I think, you know, if there's somebody or something that you can use, even if it's a friend or something that you can have for accountability, that would be great. But just having somebody guide you through that process and say, here's the things you're going to do first, this would be very helpful, especially if you need somebody for accountability. Um You know, one of the other big things I would say is surround yourself with the things that you need to make the changes and the shifts that you want to. So if that means going grocery shopping and getting a ton of food that makes you feel good, that is fresh, that's wonderful, you know, making sure you have snacks on hand. I feel like a lot of people get tripped up because they don't properly prepare. They don't give themselves the tools that they need. And so then they get to like three o'clock and they're starving and they don't know what to do. And so that, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, So make sure you have plenty of snacks and things around you. And if it's something, if you need to invest in a meal planning service like Sun Basket, like I've been getting those this week and it just is huge because I've been super stressed out. And when that happens, we it's it's a lot harder to eat um good things, good foods, because I don't have the time to prepare it. So, you know, Sun Basket is great in that aspect where it just send you all the groceries and then you just cook the meals from the cards. Um, and I love it. So and it's only three meals a week. It's not like it's you have to do something like that every day. But, you know, that's a great resource. There's so many other great resources. Uh, Thrive Market's a great place to get some, you know, snacks and stuff like that. And that's what I do. I just like add everything in the cart that I know is going to help me and then get it shipped to me. Um, and it makes my life easier. It makes maintaining things and, and maintaining my energy easier. Um and I think what you're doing is is fine. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like, you're doing yoga three to five times a week. Uh, I would just d- jump right onto what Stephanie said, too, and get outside and walk more. Like, all you really need to do is, um, you know, get more sun, maybe start walking, and worry about that later. You know, you're moving. You're doing the yoga. Um... And so I would love to see you kind of building your endurance a little bit more with the walking and, and getting the added benefit of being outside. But, you know, let's shift into maybe lifting weights or something like that at a later date when you have your energy back, when you have a little bit more of your groove back. And, you know, don't worry about that. Again, you, next week, it shouldn't be. I'm following a perfect diet, uh perfectly keto. I'm, I'm eating perfectly keto all of a sudden. And now I am, you know, I'm in the gym eight days a week and doing all the things like that's That's not going to help anybody, nor is it able. That's that's not a sustainable lifestyle. So just start making these small shifts so that you can adapt to them slowly. Adhere. I mean, this is what I'm guessing is going to work for you just based on what you're saying. But adapt to them slowly so that then you can take the next thing on and adapt to that slowly as opposed to feeling like demotivated and unfocused and, you know, overwhelmed. So that's my stuff. Hopefully that's. Um. Hopefully that's helpful. Hey, anything else to add? Nope. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> no. <laughs> are you across the room doing something else now? <laughs> no, I'm here. Okay, great. So that's it. We're done here. Uh, for more from Steffi, go to Paleo for Women. Dot com. For more from me, go to coconutsandkettlebells.com. We've been getting a lot of great questions. We're going to cover a lot of hot topics coming up in future weeks. So stay tuned. You can send your questions to podcast at gmail.com. We will talk to you next week.